This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm Sean Helch, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and a special guest. We each serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. Without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Well, hello there, listener, and welcome to the Behold podcast. This one's a fun one because I think that we have maybe our best radio voice guest on this week. So, Sean and Dan, and then say hello, Mr. Randy White. Hi, everybody. Nice to be with you again this broadcast. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Nice. No, you do. Man, you do have a really beautiful bassy tone. It's definitely that voice. Have have you ever, um, did you ever like sing choir or anything like that? I did. Okay. Yeah. That's but a, it, it wasn't a career that was ever going to go anywhere. So Cindy and I actually uh, were part of a choir called the Chabot College Community Choir. And we did it for about three or four seasons where we'd go around different churches and sing. That's awesome. Did you, did you ever have a solo? Never. Oh man, that's, <laughs> hey, you missed your calling. Maybe. Although I did lead worship for a time at a previous church we attended and um one day we started off in the wrong key and my daughter who was at that time doing the overhead projector that tells you how long ago it was with transparencies was had her face into her knees to stop laughing from how badly <laughs> we were singing okay this is this is really funny because because i have a story um that's very similar to that and i can't remember sean if you were there for this or if you were at if, the altman by this time but cindy then i was there yeah. Okay. So Cindy White, who is, you know, obviously Randy's, Randy's wife. Um, she plays with me every, every week pretty much. And she's, she's a phenomenal musician and such a worshiper and just awesome. And so, but one of the things you may not know about Cindy is she doesn't read uh, music. She just plays, you know, really she says by ear, but I think she plays by, by the spirit of God. I mean, it's just like, you know, prophecy every time she plays, it's amazing. But but anyway, so she, you know, we're, we're, it's the beginning of the service. We're doing this call to worship. I'm reading, uh, I'm reading from from Psalm 103, and we're doing this this beautiful piano intro, and and everyone's just, you know, it's just, we're it's a moment, you know, we're having a moment. And then after I, you know, finish the psalm, I say, okay, guys, let's stand and and sing this together. And and uh, I was like, bless the Lord. <laughs> it was like way up there, you know, and and then. And, and I was like, what is going on? I had no clue. And then I looked over at Cindy and she's just like, her eyes were as big as like, like saucers. <laughs> and she, um, had started it in the wrong key and, you know, no one really knew because it just sounded so lovely. But the, the amazing thing of the, of the whole deal is she was able to somehow like get us back into the right key. And she like really helped me like find it. But, um, that was one of my all-time greatest uh, greatest hits right there. But um, Yeah, it's one of those moments where I felt I wanted to just literally get on my knees and crawl off the stage <laughs> when it happened. It's so amazing. <laughs> and you felt the blood go from your feet to your head in 30 seconds, and you just heart palpitations, and you're just dying to death. And when you have your daughter uh, absolutely in convulsions, <laughs> laughing, it doesn't help. So what did you do? Did you just kind of muscle your way through the whole song or did you have to restart it or how'd it go? We had to muscle through. Wow. Yeah, it was painful. <laughs> hey, I, that's a great segue because today we're going to be talking about endurance. Exactly. Wow, that's Sean. great. Uh, <laughs> wow, good segue. Uh, I was there for that Cindy experience and goodness gracious, it was just like, you see those YouTube videos of worship leaders who will like just stop and, all right, guys, I got to restart. And you oh, so yeah. bad, yeah. like, didn't want to do that. So just the pain on Dan's voice for, like, the whole first verse as he's, like, just grinding through <laughs> it is amazing. But, you know, Cindy never will never live that down in her own mind. She really beats herself up over that. Anyways, wow, wonderful segue, enduring through, <laughs> pushing through. However, maybe even in a more joyful context. So if you're just joining us, just hopping into the series, we're in Tested, which is a series focus on second Timothy and we're just learning from Paul's instructions to Timothy, right? It's protege, great friend, done lots of ministry and life together. So all these different avenues and, and aspects of life that Paul is reminding Timothy of things, affirming him, encouraging him, whatnot. And this week uh, at the crossing and two weeks ago at the Ultima by Mr. Timmy J, uh, we heard, um, and actually this week, who was the speaker? The prolific 
grand speaker at the crossing. Tell me who it was. Santa Claus. Oh, it was not Santa. It was Daniel Gillette, one and only, guys. Woo-hoo. He's not going to pat himself on the back, so we'll do it. He did awesome. He really killed it. He had amazing yes. feedback. Anyways, we're in 2 Timothy 2, uh, in that section of 8 through 13. And in, in that section, you know, Paul is is reminding Timothy of what it looks like to be faithful when you're suffering in service. You know, how do you endure and what should your heart and your attitude and your perspective really be during that? You know, because it's one thing to say, hey, life's going to be hard. Just push through. Right. But no, I think Paul's itching at something deeper of of why we can do that. You know, what what does God show and reveal about, reveal about himself that really feels that? So I mean, I don't want to pick Dan because you spoke. That's kind of cheating. It's so maybe Randy, as you listened to this section of scripture, what are some things that immediately kind of jumped out to you? Yeah, it was a, such an encouragement, really, because um, one of the nice things that came out from the from the message was just the importance of uh, of encouragement. You know, we all need to be encouraged, and Paul recognized to this uh, young Timothy that uh, he needed to say some encouraging words to him as he continued on in the ministry. And it was awesome how I just love just to get us going in verse 8, how just those three words that come out, remember Jesus Christ. And if we don't say much else when we're trying to encourage someone, just to come out with those wonderful words, remember Jesus Christ, because that's the high watermark for Timothy uh, to be encouraged by his example. And so Paul immediately points to Christ. And I thought that's what Dan was reminding us of last Sunday is to keep looking to Jesus as we continue on in our walk and in serving him, remembering what he went through and drawing our encouragement from him. So, yeah. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I I love that idea just as as I was going through it, because it's not like Paul is just saying, Hey, remember there was this guy named Jesus. You know, just don't don't forget that this historical figure lived and died and did all this amazing stuff. There, there's really this this big picture that Paul is trying to help Timothy understand that, um, and it's sheet in those two gospel phrases, uh, you know, um, about the centrality of of Jesus and particularly his resurrection res, resurrection that mm. there was this raising up of of Jesus throughout from the offspring of, of David, right? This, this messianic royal bloodline, right? But then also there was this raising up of Jesus from the dead. And so, cause I think it's easy. Like, I don't know. I've heard people say like, <laughs> I do think about Jesus, you know, I, do, I, I know, I know who Jesus is. I know what he did and I know and all that stuff. It's not helping. It just doesn't encourage me, you know? And so it's like, well, no, like, I mean, do you see the this big picture, this plan and promise of God unfolding throughout the generations? And I think that's what Paul is wanting Timothy to to really cling to, as you said that that high watermark. So, yeah, man, I just I think it I think it's important to to kind of like look at the whole story and see really just this evidence of God's faithfulness throughout the generations. Mm. Yeah, and I, and I think like just to add on to that. I think not even just his faithfulness throughout the generations, but his faithfulness to us, right? To you individually. Like I think about other things like that. I'm like, yeah, I think about Jesus sometimes, but it's almost like, <laughs> like why, why don't you care about 4th of July? You know, it's like, well, I think about America sometimes, you know, and those are huge events, right? But it doesn't really have a super compelling connection with a lot of us individually. But man, when we're talking about God's eternal plan for salvation and Christ dying, he's talking about you, me, Dan, Randy, you listening? Like, man, how can you not take that incredible generational picture that Dan just p- painted and not connect the dots with your own life and your own salvation and not be moved by that, right? Yeah. Yeah, it, it extends into into us, you know, and and that's sometimes I think the, the problem we have when, when we read the Bible is, I don't know, we, maybe we don't think of it as real people, like in real times going through real stuff. And so we don't, we don't like picture our place in that story. And yeah, it's really important for us to understand that, man, all this stuff, this is historical stuff. It actually happened. And even as Paul is, is suffering and, and he's encouraging Timothy to, to endure through suffering. And, and Paul's talking about 
the glory that he anticipated, uh, you know, in verse 10 of this section, I mean, you got to think that he was imagining the future generations, right? You got to think that he was imagining, hey, this whole thing is going to keep going forward until Christ comes back and more and more people are going to be part of that elect. And so in a way, yeah, Paul is thinking of us as he's enduring um, just like just like Christ thought of of his church, the bride, as he was enduring that suffering. Yeah, do you guys think about that often, you know, about our legacy in ministry? I think a lot of people mm. think about, oh, I want to impact my community right now for Jesus. Or then level two, I think they think, I want to have people join me in eternity with Jesus, right? Right. But right. I don't think people really think that much about after I pass and go to be with Jesus— if, if that's, if Jesus doesn't come back during my lifetime, if I die that time between then and when that time does come, what will I have done for the world in that time for God's kingdom? And Paul is such a wonderful example of that, right? Like you just said, he's totally thinking long-term thinking generationally of how am I going to spread the gospel, train disciples, all that stuff. I'm not sure if we have that same conviction in our like church lives. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I agree. And, and that's, we get short-sighted, you know, uh, we we forget the big big idea, like Dan reminded us of uh, that one day Jesus is coming back. A matter of fact, in verse twelve, just talking about this encouragement to Timothy, he is uh, Dan reminded us through the this this hymn that many think was the, con- the context of verses um, twelve and thirteen, but or verses actually backing up to eleven. But it says, "If we endure, we will also reign with him," and. As Dan reminded us, uh, he is coming back to reign on the earth, the Lord Jesus. And mm-hmm. his saints, we, his people, are going to return with him. And something that blows me away that I, I wish I thought about much more often is, is that we, the people of God, are going to share in that rule on earth with him. And the extent of that rule, this is the thing that I find so curious, will that be determined by my faithfulness in this life here on earth? In other words, how I have served in the power of the Holy Spirit here on earth, is that going to be somehow a determining factor of what assignments Jesus gives me in the new kingdom? And whatever that is, I'll serve happily. Uh, but right. what what will it be? And is it going to in some way be determined, like I said, just by how faithful I was while I was here on this earth? And mm. it's not going to have anything to do with my salvation. This has nothing to do with, uh, obviously that's through the shed blood of Jesus Christ and the work on Calvary's cross that he did for us, but the responsibilities he gives us. And so that's a kind of a motivation to serve and to serve as well as I can, again, not in my own strength, but under his uh, power. Yeah. I mean, there's certainly a a case to be made that there is a correlation. Mm. You know, you definitely see it in the context of this passage that, you know, Paul is telling Timothy to, you know, he's telling him about his endurance and he's encouraging him, you can endure in the face of, of suffering and there will be some kind of spillover into eternity. And it holds true when you, when you look at the passages in the New Testament that talk about heaven, it really seems like there's this continuity that happens. You know, what you do here on earth, there's a connection, there's a spillover. The way you invest now there's certain things that are going to last into eternity and there's certain things that are going to be burned up, you know, in the fire and, mm-hmm. and you'll, you know, you're going to get there. You know, you'll get on the new heaven in the new heaven and the new earth, but you kind of get there, you know, with the, the flames of hell lapping at your feet, you know, as opposed to somebody who has taken the foundation of Christ and really built upon it with, with eternal precious materials. Mm. And now there's this, there's this echoing, you know, I, I love, I don't know if you guys ever watched that movie, The Gladiator, um, with, uh, what's the actor there? What's that guy's name? He's so good. Um, oh, anyway, whatever. So The Gladiator. Google it. Yeah. It's a, it's an old time, you know, movie about, about kind of, um, the Roman empire and the, the games that they would have in Rome, you know, these, these really violent games and, and, um, it kind of follows the story of this guy who was an army general, but then he, he gets banished and then he comes back and, and basically takes on the emperor. But what he says in one of the battle scenes to his troops before they, they go into battle, 
He says, what you do now echoes in eternity. Mm. What you do in this life echoes in eternity. And that's a biblical concept. And so I think sometimes if we, if we thought about that more, we would live differently. We, if we asked ourselves the question, what am I doing now to help me be a good co-heir, a good co-ruler with Christ, you know, um, in eternity, I think that would really change the way we live a little bit. It would change how we invest, right? Yeah. It's Russell Crowe, for the record. Russell Crowe, thank you. And I watched that movie, by the way, during the pandemic. You know, I think it came, originally came out in 2003. It holds up. Because, you know, sometimes you uh, you go back and watch old movies and and it's like, you know, the graphics are bad or the acting's terrible. And it's just like, I can't watch this. My memory of the movie is much better than what it actually is, right? <laughs> I'll tell you right now, that movie holds up. So highly mm. recommended. Go go watch it. One could say it endures well. <sighs> wow. Dude. You know, that's a segue. And we're, what's cool about that is I was going to read a verse that you wouldn't have even known that I was going to share this when you say endures well, because it just reminds me again of remembering Jesus from the writer in Hebrews 12 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, so we've got this crowd that's cheering us on, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And then here's so key, looking to Jesus, Mm. the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Mm. And that's like verse eight right there in second Timothy just encapsulated again by the writer in Hebrews. And I love that it says, you know, keep looking to him, you know, for the finish line and all that's going to be involved in the new earth and new kingdom as a result of looking to him. It reminds me back when we lived in Ireland, uh, this might be a really poor analogy, but I was running on the beach and in Ireland, we didn't have Reese's peanut butter cups. But for whatever reason, I was craving as I was running a Reese's peanut butter cup. So the alternative was I was going to get home as fast as I could so that I could get a scoop of peanut butter and a a bar of Cadbury's chocolate and I would eat them at the same time. And so that was what got me through the last mile. And I ran as fast as I could and I ran right up and I ran right into the house and immediately got a spoon and a piece of chocolate. But my my mind was set right there and my eyes were on that the prize on that prize and it was going to be an a Reese's peanut butter cup type protege in the form of cadbury's and peanut butter <clears throat> and so setting my our eyes on Jesus keep looking at him and that's that for me uh, brothers is one of the hardest things that i have to keep reminding myself is not to look down not to look all around not to look at what's going on in circumstances and everything else but in order to be faithful, in order to keep enduring, watching and modeling his example. And by extension, then all the brothers and sisters who are in such an encouragement to me who are doing that. And, um, but they're following the, the prize example of, in Christ. And uh, that, that's able to keep us going. Whether we've known Christ for a year or five years or 10 or 20 or 30, I think all believers would say the secret is keeping our eyes on him. Yeah, and that's so good because you're right. The Our tendencies as humans is to pay attention to the circumstances. Yeah. You know, to pay attention, if we're on a run, how our muscles are aching and how uh, our chest is tired and, you know, we're getting starting to get really sweaty. And and maybe it's like, oh, man, this I, I, I don't remember this path being so hilly or, <laughs> you know, or, or maybe it starts to rain or the wind's coming or whatever, you know whatever those circumstances are, we tend to, to really focus in and hone in on them to the point where it becomes all consuming Mm. and that kind of takes us off mission. And so, yeah, I think it's really important for us to, 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 to make sure that we are keeping our eyes on Jesus. And, and there's a lot of different ways to do that, but ultimately it comes back to, to looking at his word. Mm. And I'm curious just with you guys, like where, you know, as we were talking about that, in this text, just about the unstoppable nature of God's word. How, how do you guys, inter- how have you been interacting with that lately? Or how did it maybe change your, your view of, of God's word? And because 
we, we wouldn't be able to remember Jesus <laughs> without his unstoppable nature of his word, right? If, if it, 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 like Paul's saying, I'm, I'm, I'm in jail, I'm bound up like a criminal, right? But God's word is not chained. God's word is not bound up. And if it weren't for that reality, we wouldn't even be able to remember Jesus, right? So, so let's, let's kind of start, I don't know, just talking about, about God's word and how that plays into us remaining faithful and enduring. Well, I love the word unstoppable. It feels so just like, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It feels like a, like a Marvel movie uh, title or something. Yeah. Which, you mean know, like, I think um, it, it makes me think of a song like um, like Reckless Love a little bit. People mm-hmm. sing that and like, what does that mean, Reckless Love? It, unstoppable is not as unclear as that, you know? Right. But it feels the same kind of just like charging, motivational, like, kind of thing. But I think like to, and you even like elaborated is just, man, God and his word and on all of his promises and all of his truths, they're completely unhindered by everything that we're hindered by. You know, like I love, um, I don't remember how you word it. Tim worded as just, it's, it's unlimited. It's not limited by circumstance. Right. Right. And I love just that, that sense of like being, being removed and being over and being untouched by and all those things it's so freeing, you know, if we're leaning on God's word, if we're leaning on the truth that he tells us in his word about ourselves and his promises and the things he has done and will do for us, it's just so comforting and freeing to know that he has dominion over all these things, you know, that it does exist outside of all these circumstances and that for us, things are so temporary, you know, but God's unstoppable word is eternal. It's completely eternal. And so, man, in that context, I totally get why, like one of the phrases that I hung on to from Paul was just the idea that the, his word isn't bound. You know, I mm-hmm. love thinking about that. It's unbound. There's no chains. It is unlimited. The Avengers model, like you said. But yeah, I mean, I think as we're like, that picture you just gave of working out or running or whatever, you know, I think we can get so hung up in the circumstances of that and, oh, my pec hurts or my foot hurts or whatever it is. But then if there was an Avenger like running beside you that said, no, my power is unlimited, untouched by this. I will help you with this. It's just such a comforting thing to have that, right? Amen. Yeah. And can you imagine if, if, if God's promise or, or if progress in God's kingdom was limited by our circumstances? I mean, that, that would be a pretty bad setup, Right. Um, but but that's the cool thing about God and His Word, and we looked at, looked at it in Isaiah fifty five on Sunday at the crossing. We we just talked about you know just like just like water coming down from heaven or, or snow coming down from heaven, it, it it's it's unstoppable. We can't we can't look to the heavens and say stop, quit that. Right? It, it's when God's word goes out, there's there's no stopping it. It doesn't matter if we're weak or if we're feeling stubborn or lazy or rebellious, it doesn't matter if we're going through persecution or hardship, God's word, when it goes out, stuff happens. Yeah. Another it, spirit segue that you just mentioned that, cause I literally just turned to Isaiah 55 and I wanted to read it again. Cause this was actually one of Cindy's first memory verses when she became a, a believer back in um, her high school years. And it was, uh, such a such an awesome verse from Isaiah for the, uh, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth making it bring forth and sprout giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth it shall not return to me empty but it shall accomplish that which i purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which i have sent it wow mm-hmm. wow what a promise um, you know, someone has said, not all the armies in the world can hinder the word of God from accomplishing its purposes. Just the power of the word. It is not bound, as you said, Sean. And to try and stop the rain or the snow from falling, um, might as well try and do that, but it won't happen. Yeah. And it's going to happen. And the word of God is. And that's that's such a promise because I think we probably all feel this way. Maybe some of the most important things we share with someone isn't so much our knowledge, but when we're actually sharing the word of God Amen. and we are, we're, and we're trusting that if, if you're going to remember anything I said, remember the word, 
you know, mm-hmm. remember those verses that were applicable to whatever the situation we're sharing with someone because that isn't going to return void and uh, that will accomplish its purposes. It's unlike any other book, any other written word that's ever out there is the power of this inspired word of God that has such power and able to penetrate in such an amazing way in our lives and to keep us going. Amen. Paul was able by that very point, you know, his circumstances looked pretty bleak. You know, here he is in prison and he could have really had a real super pity party going on for what he was going through. And he's under a death sentence and some of his friends we know from other writings as well had deserted him, but he forgets his own fate. He forgets his own situation. And he remembers that the word of God is not bound like he is at this point. Word of God isn't. It's, it's good stuff. Man, I think like when you're thinking about that, like God's word, and I love how you just said, like, there's no book like it. People see that, you know, they, they, they can feel that. But I think a lot of times when we're talking to people who don't believe in God or, or in Jesus, and we're trying to communicate the power of God's word, I think a lot of times what really impacts people the most and really communicates that isn't even us just talking about how powerful it is, but it's us demonstrating our faith in his word, our faith in his promises, right? And that reminds me of, you know, we're talking about Hebrews 12, running the race of perseverance. But right before that, leading into that in Hebrews 11, the whole chapter is about doing things by faith and about this whole like list of things that God did for his people because they had faith in him, right? And I love just that that picture too of as we're suffering, like what 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 can we accomplish for God's kingdom through our own will? Nothing. You know, we can't do anything except for by faith. And I love just that ending section of Hebrews 11. I'm just going to read it because I think it's pretty powerful. As he's ending that, he says, And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Brock, Samson, all these guys he's naming, David and Samuel and the prophets, just, just powerhouses for the kingdom of God, right? Who says, not by their work, not by their efforts, not by their just trucking through the suffering, but he says, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained their promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war and put foreign armies to flight. That's like, whoo, speak about unstoppable, mm. right? Yeah. And cool. you picture those people, they're all suffering through those things. They're all having to endure through that. And they did it all by faith in God and his promises. I think it's such a, such a, just a charge for us to do the same in our lives today. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's, that's so good. And, and the thing that I was thinking about so much is just, I don't know. I was talking with somebody before the service, first service and uh, he was just sharing how they, he got together, he and his wife got together with some, some people from the church on Sunday and they were just kind of talking about life. And, you know, the, one couple was sharing with the other what kind of issues and and suffering and frustrations and just, you know, the circumstances that are difficult. And the other couple just said, man, that's us too. We're going through that same thing. And in many ways, maybe the pandemic is to blame, right? In, in some ways, to or maybe the pandemic is, is exacerbated it, right? But this idea of, man, we we tend to just kind of like, I don't know, grit our teeth and grind our way through life thinking we're alone. Mm. And when we can uh, look to God's God and his faithfulness and let that fuel us and encourage us, when we can look to the saints that have gone before us, Sean, like, like you were saying, and, and Randy, like you mentioned that we got this great, you know, crowd of witnesses or, you know what I mean? Like there, there's people that have gone before us. Right. And then when we, when we, lean on each other in the household of God. And we look at our, to our brothers and sisters and say, Hey, this is what I'm going through. Let me just be real with you. I mean, I, th- I think that's so important to this whole conversation of endurance is that we, we can help each other carry that load. And even as you look at in the context of our text on Sunday, this is Paul helping Timothy. This isn't Paul just saying, Hey, Timothy, you got your mission, go be the elder, run this church and good luck. You know, I'm on to the next thing. No, he, he is continuing to mentor him and, and walk him through this process, 
even though he's, he's in jail. And I think that is a great picture for us, you know, just to be reminded of that we're not enduring in a vacuum. We're, we're, we're on mission and we're enduring and we're, we're seeking to remain faithful together. And I think that's really important. Yeah, I love how in verse 10, Paul recognized the eternal picture of what his suffering was going to accomplish. And um, and that would be an encouragement to Timothy for him to share that and not to forget that. Therefore, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. And um, through his suffering... For the sake of the gospel, Paul was very aware of, made aware of the fact that souls were being saved and they were going to now share in this eternal uh, glory with Christ. And that's, that's such an encouragement when you think about all of us, including the people we're ministering to and serving and wanting to care for, um, that when they, uh, as guilty sinners, saved by the grace of God, and then they're going to be glorified together with Christ and that our example and how we're coping and how we're doing through the suffering we're going through and the circumstances in life can be an encouragement to draw others to the Savior. And Paul could understand that there was a bigger picture here of what was going on in his life and that that would be an encouragement to Timothy to keep pressing on and that the way that we're living through the hardships, uh, ultimately, who knows who's going to be in heaven who ultimately might say the way that you were living your life for Jesus had an impact on me wanting to come to know him. Um, there was something different about how you handled suffering, the way you handled um, struggles and, and trials and all kinds of stuff that was such an encouragement because there was something real going on in, in you and we could see it and we didn't, it wasn't you, it was Jesus. And it was um, something that just had such an eternal purpose and value that the Lord might have us be going through right now so that others can see it. And it's another seed that's being sown uh, in someone's life, a family member, a neighbor, a coworker, whoever is just watching us. And um, Timothy was watching Paul's behavior in prison and listening to these words that he had written and thinking, wow, you know, this could have been the point where maybe Paul would say, you know what, maybe I've just wasted my time. <laughs> and you know what? What would have? I mean, he, and he didn't. He just kept looking up and looking forward uh, for that eternal glory um, to be able to share that with Christ, and just to see saved sinners now praising Jesus Christ. What? Yeah. What a vision! I mean, it's a it's a great vision. Yeah, and and that's such an important thing you said because when when you're going through a season maybe of 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 ease or a season where you know, there's, there's not, uh, we always have some, something going on. There's always some kind of pressure or suffering or trial, but when you're kind of, I don't know, maybe things are, 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 are doing a little bit better, you know, and you're, you're enjoying things a little bit more. It's so important to, to just take a note of, of your brothers and sisters around you that are suffering and doing it well, and just kind of storing up that, that wisdom and storing up that example for when it is your time to suffer, because we know that when we come to Christ, it doesn't mean that all the suffering is going to go away. In fact, mm -hmm. Jesus says, you're, you, you, the world's actually going to hate you and <laughs> you're going to have, um, you're going to have many, many trials and tribulations. Um, Paul said in, in Acts 14, it's actually through many tribulations that we must enter the kingdom of God. So we know it's coming, right? And we go through seasons, it ebbs and flows. And we know that God is in control of that. He's, He's superintending all of that for our for our good and for his glory as our father, right? But in those moments when when maybe things aren't as difficult, just to be paying attention to the people in, in the church family and in your life who, who are suffering, um, not only so that we can pray for them and support them and come around them, but also so that we can learn from them because your time will come. And if you have that great example, that person who maybe even two or three months ago, you saw go through something really difficult. You can, you can use that as inspiration and a model to follow. And I'm so glad you guys brought that up. Cause I was just thinking about, as we're talking about this, like suffering process, I think it was starting to sound a little bit like, yeah, like run this race, you're training on the Hills and God will get you through it. And it's, it's beneficial and stuff, but we hadn't yet hit that piece, which is so important of just, you know, when we suffer, 
we have to trust that God's using that for a purpose, right? And it's for two purposes. Like you guys said, it's one of one of them is in our own heart, our own character development. You know, go to Romans 5, some of the other places, James 1, of just how it's developing us. But then if we're not then using that as an opportunity to demonstrate God's faithfulness too, man, we're like really just missing out. Like I, Tim, when he spoke at the Altamont, worded it, speaking of verse 10 about um, suffering, he said that, our temporary suffering aims for eternal impact. Mm. I'm just thinking about that. Like as you're suffering, are you aiming for eternal impact? You know, are you using that situation, that circumstance as a platform to be able to talk about God's faithfulness? An example that comes to mind for me is Charlie, right? With the passing of his wife, Sarah, he is so quick every time he talks about it to aim for eternal impact as he talks about, man, I am hurting. I am mourning. I am, I'm missing her, but man, God is so faithful. And he points to the gospel message every time he talks about her, you know? And well, we had Connie on the podcast last week who just lost her mother. Yeah. And, same and thing. She, she, same, same idea. I mean, we could go, I think, I think Charlie is, you know, uh, on our minds a lot, but we could go all through. I mean, I mean, you could probably literally just pick somebody off the directory who's doing what you're saying, Sean. That don't, would be the hope, think? right? That's the hope yeah. is that all of us are doing this in our lives. But I think sadly, sometimes we don't. I think we we get into this mindset of the point of suffering is for, yeah, me to be, be developed as a man or woman and then get through it, right? Which is true. But man, I think if we're not using that, at least to some degree, to to aim for eternal impact and really just use that as a platform, then we're really missing out on part of why God allows us to go through things, right? Yeah, that's, that's a good right. point. It's good. And it's really good. And yeah, we get that short, short-sighted syndrome where, uh, you know, like I think you mentioned earlier, Dan, you, you start exercising and it's difficult, but the tendency sometimes might be, or are we having to do some type of discipline that doesn't come naturally for us, that's for our good. And it's just hard, so we quit and we give up too quick. And we don't maybe see the results as fast as we would like, but God knows. And going back to his word, it doesn't return void. It, it's not bound. And so it's just for us to keep pressing forward and trusting him to accomplish whatever those are. And wow, that's where it's such a miracle of of grace and of just a transformed life that can endure hardship with that vision of God, you're doing something yeah, that you may never fully reveal to me here on earth, but I trust you that there's going to be a lot of stories told and shared in heaven where maybe we'll see a picture of that's what was going on. You know, yeah. that that was why mm. that was happening. And maybe the Lord, uh, and maybe we won't care, maybe, but, but maybe somehow we'll be able to understand when he's revealing things to us now. Maybe while we're sitting on his lap or having a nice conversation side by side with him, just to say, oh, I get it. Now I get it, you know? And so all along you were being faithful and loving and kind and just and all that you did when, um, humanly speaking, you might, want to think different. Maybe, maybe there'll, there'll be like this, um, archive, you know, like a, like an eternal archive that we could go visit and recall, like, and you can just type in like, you know, okay, Lord, I want to know what, you know, what was happening when, you know, I tore my ACL and I was, I was, I was in bed for, you know, for six weeks and rehabbing for six months. And what, what, what were all you, what were you up to? And then, you know, this whole file pulls up and you can like sort through all the videos and everything. I mean, who knows, right? Because it, you know, eternity will all be, it'll be about us, you know, saying worthy is the lamb. Mm. It'll be about us praising him. And you got to think that there'll be some memory of what he did on this side um, and how he, how he orchestrated everything. So yeah, maybe there'll be kind of like a, like a heaven, heavenly, like, you know, like a, like a library, a con- like a library of Congress kind of, we can go through and I just like read it. it all. I like yeah. thinking about that. And I think even like, man, I love what you just said, that heaven's going to be about just worthy as a lamb. Right. Mm. And to a degree, man, we have access to that right now. Right. Like we have eternal life even now and some of those freedoms and I don't know about you guys, but God's been pretty kind in my life that there are even not everything for sure, but there's a couple of things I can think of that happened in my life where at, at, during the time, it was definitely one of those things of, Lord, what are you doing? You know, this doesn't make any sense. 
now looking back, I can see so clearly his faithfulness to me or faithfulness to Patty or whatever. I'm sure all of you have things like that. And so I think one of maybe the takeaways for today is do some thinking about that, of how has God been faithful in your life? And if you can pick those little things, identify them, you know, little mini versions of the altar keyboard scanner thing, then man, don't keep that to yourself. Use that for God's glory. Share that. You know, just give a little shout out. There's some couple of you moms out there listening that are like Facebook moms to the core, you know, I'm not a huge social media guy. I don't really post a lot on social media, but one of the things that I really love seeing is on Facebook when some of you out there will do just that. You'll, you'll just do a blurb and say, man, God was so faithful and this just happened and look at God, how he provided and yada, yada. And what an easy, like low, low commitment thing to do. It takes you a minute to post a thing about how God was faithful even if it was two years ago, just, Hey, I never shared this, but this happened in my life. You never know how God's going to use that for his kingdom today. Mm. 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 You know, something else I'm just being reminded about from Dan's message and what Paul was sharing with Timothy was, you know, in this whole context of suffering impressed me again, actually driving home, I was thinking a little bit more about this. And in the context that Paul, because he was preaching the gospel was being viewed as really just uh, a criminal, you know, a, an evil doer in the eyes of, of um, his persecutors because he shared the gospel. And we've been talking a lot about really how we can share the gospel with our lives and how we're, we're living and the evidence of how Jesus is working in us. It can be such an encouragement on the way people handle death of loved ones and, and all kinds of hardships and trials. But I was thinking driving home, you know, I need to be reminded and, and again, maybe make a new declaration to the Lord that I got to decide, okay, I might be viewed as a, as a criminal in one sense or as an evildoer and have lots of labels put on me if I'm going to share the gospel. And I'm probably not in situations like I was in Ireland where I'll preach it, which we got a chance to do sometimes on a corner, street corner, and very few of us will ever have to do that. But whatever way we can share the word of God, the good news of Jesus, um, that guilty sinners can be saved by God's grace might mean we're going to endure hardship like other Christians this very moment in different parts of the world are. Um, There are people dying for just doing exactly what Paul did and are suffering. And so my allegiance has to again be reminded, don't don't be afraid um, of the labels that might be put on me and what might come eventually to me, if not in a sense of maybe one day being ultimately arrested for in our country, but just isolation, people feeling that they're being um, judged and just not liking my message. I have to remember, it's not my message. It's his message. And he calls me to not be ashamed of the gospel, as Paul wrote in Romans 1. And so just to go forward with that and and remember the eternal purpose of sharing that gospel is going to pay dividend because there are are going to be some who I have no doubt are going to come to know Christ as a result of all the seeds that we've been sowing when we share his word. Mm. But we can in the short term say, I don't want that. I don't want that suffering. I don't want that label. And so we'll be quiet. And I'm just so Mm. glad Paul... Paul wasn't. And what encouragement to Timothy not to be um, timid in that respect, but keep going. And we're living in a culture today which is more challenging than it might have been 15, 20, 30, 40 years ago where we could freely speak. Yeah. And now some of this is even labeled as hate speech if we share the message of the good news of Jesus and that people are lost sinners. Mm. And so we may want to have the temptation to go silent. And so... Suffer for other things, but not suffer because we're actively wanting to speak a word uh, when it's the appropriate time to someone. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really really poignant, and yeah, I mean, really, that's what this whole thing about being faithful is all about, right? It's all all of these these calls on our lives to be in to to be people of endurance. It really comes down to: Are we going to be faithful uh, in sharing in sharing God's word? You know this this unstoppable um, word. And and coming back to the title of our series, right? It's tested. It's proving our metal. And Timothy was being tested. 
we're being tested. And, and just to be clear on this, God is not testing us to see for his, for his benefit, whether or not we're going to stay faithful. Mm. He knows, <laughs> he knows those who, who belong to him and those who are going to endure to the end. He knows. Why is he testing us? He's testing us so that we, for, for our benefit, so that we can know that our faith is real and our faith is genuine and that it can, it can stay, stand up to the heat, that it can pass through the fire and not only remain, but actually be purified. And, and that's the testing. That's the purpose of this testing. And so if we never put ourselves out there, if we never give uh, God a chance to show his faithfulness, because we're just kind of safe, you know, we're, our, our fear, our timidity is, is causing us to live very conservatively when it comes to our faith, then we may have this experience where we don't really know if our faith is real, mm. right? We may have this experience and maybe that it's cyclical. Maybe it's actually contributing to the doubt and the fear and the timidity that we have because we never step out on that ledge and we never see God's faithfulness carry us through. Maybe we're actually stuck in this cycle of fear and timidity because we never actually go through a test. You know what I'm saying? Or when God is testing us, maybe, maybe we're just hiding, <laughs> you know, or we're just saying, we're just trying to get out of it as soon. We're trying to get out of the fire as soon as possible. Like, Hey, where's the, where's the off ramp? You know, like, where's the shortcut? How do I get out of this? As opposed to going through the fire and having our, our faith tested to, to be sure that it's genuine. Mm. It's a mic drop moment, I think. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe, oh. maybe so, man, both of you guys just so good, such good, I think, ending chunks to kind of reflect on, and I feel a bit convicted. I hope you guys are listening to in a good way, though. You know, this James doesn't say, count it all sadness, when you encounter joy or you encounter trials of all kinds, right? Or it's kind of all joy, my brothers. Joy. Joy, joy, joy. Even those hard things, because you know that it's for the kingdom of God, right? Mm. Maybe some of the takeaways, um, things that you can be doing. What's number one, guys? Who are we remembering and focusing on? Jesus. Jesus. And I love what Dan said. The Jesus who's now no longer viewed as crucified, but risen from the dead. Yeah. King Jesus. Amen. Right. Yep. And then as you do that, you know, be doers of the word, not hearers of the word, right? You got you to play by Jesus's rules. You got to live life the way he designed you to live if you want to enjoy all the benefits that come of doing life with Jesus, right? If mm-hmm. we're talking about how we can run the race of perseverance because you have a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, then you can't have your head in the sand trying to endure alone in your room, hoping it gets better, right? You got to get out and do life with the people of God. Yeah, and and start to start to go through the process of praying through your difficulties, your hardships, whatever difficult circumstances you're feeling, you're going through. Pray through those and ask God to change your attitude about it. Because you see this time and time again in scripture that the things that we are are praying that God would take away are sometimes the very means by which he is going to move his plan forward in your life. Mm-hmm. So the the very things that we are asking for God to stop, we want our life to be easier. We want, we don't want to go through that difficult thing. But if we, if we zoomed out a little bit and ask God to change our heart about it, we, we might see that those circumstances are actually um, part of God's part, part of God being faithful and, and he's calling us to be diligent through those, those sufferings. We can't look for the way out. We can't just hope they're going to be over. We can't just kind of sit there and wait for him to end. We got to go through him. Amen. And one last thing, if I could say, I thought something Dan did was, uh, was brilliant last Sunday. And I don't know if I've really rarely, I think it's rare I've ever heard it done where the person speaking also broke out into a song. <laughs> and um, the context of that, of why that happened was in just quoting the verses um, where Paul said, the saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we are faithless, he remains faithful. And Dan was saying there's uh, some good evidence that this may have been a hymn. And the value of of 
quoting uh, scripture through song. And obviously my ears just totally tuned into that comment because that's something I love personally doing. And and Dan quoted and sang it really, <laughs> sang it really well. It was probably <laughs> one of the strongest times I've heard you just sing this that line uh, from the song for uh, Yes and Amen. Faithful you are, faithful forever you will be. Faithful you are. All your promises are yes and amen. And so, what Paul was telling Timothy there, in the song, in the form of a song, possibly in this in this quote. Um, we can remember the faithfulness and goodness of God as we as we sing scripture. Mm. And uh, it was funny because when I went home, I turned on a service online, different from VBC. And guess what song they were singing? Yes and amen. Nice. <laughs> and I thought, wow, Lord, that's the message you brought me to remember through what Dan sang. And I'm hearing it again out of, from another church uh, gathering. Well, a little, little disappointed that you didn't sing it for us here now, but, but uh, not we'll, too late. we'll not trust too late. that you're singing it, uh, you know, uh, to yourself in the car, at least. I, I was so ready to, but I chickened out. <laughs> oh, boy. Got intimidated looking at you. Oh, well, come on. <laughs> Randy, I'm so glad you brought that up because that was number three, right? Was memorize mm-hmm. and, and take little chunks of scripture and rem- remember them. And man, what's an easy way, almost as like we're designed to do this, to remember truths and chunks of scripture? Sing, right? Sing it. And I know we're worship pastors, we're biased, and apparently Randy's an ex-worship leader, so he's biased too. <laughs> but man, when you read through scriptures, we are told to sing it. So I'm just going to leave you with this chunk yes. of Psalm 96, mm. just the first four lines. And this is a charge to all of God's people, right? So think about this in, in your day as you think of how you're going to reflect and just chew on God's truths. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Yep. Sing to the Lord, all the earth, you, me, to the people around you, sing to the Lord and bless his name. Bless his name as you're suffering. Bless his name as you're celebrating. Give him the glory. And then lastly, tell of his salvation from day to day. Man, how beautiful would that be if not a single day passes that you're not speaking of, praying about, singing thankfulness to God for his salvation and transformation in your life. Amen. 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 All right, guys. Randy, man, so wonderful to have you. Um, thanks for joining us. Those of you listening, hope it's encouraging to you. Really quick, I'm just going to give one final pat to my my friend Dan here for speaking on Sunday. He really did did the Word of God well and and did the the role of teacher with care and with diligence. So good job. And those of you listening, if you heard him and you want him to ever do it again, shoot him a text and just say you appreciate him because that'll go a long way. Uh, for fueling his appetite for teaching God's word on Sunday morning. So we love you guys. Hope to tune in with you on Sunday and next week. See you later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.